Welcome to Nature Versus Nurture, an insight podcast. He's rattled. This podcast is about the who, what, when, where, and why of nutrition. You really want to know what's a big, what's not a big fucking help? Humans are a complex organism, and we're getting down to the nitty gritty of it. Honestly, guys, this is the first time I've ever really talked about it in a public forum. This this week is going to be a continuation of last week in regards to this whole nutrient timing. Um, I've been getting some feedback, and you know. It's one of these things people can, you can start wrapping your head around it a little bit, but it almost seems too easy and too good to be true. Um, I'm getting questions, all right, how does it fit into, you know, fat metabolization? Like, where does something like this fit into this whole issue of obesity? How is this going to help someone lose weight um, and the sustainability of it? And, you know, um, different types of eating, you know, we talk about vegetarian, vegan, and all this stuff. So, basically, so in this episode, what I'd like to discuss is essentially where and how it fits. Okay. How multifaceted something like this, this is like the frigging Swiss army knife of nutrition. This is, it, it does everything as opposed to isolating the shit out of everything and making you want to pull your hair out because every time you open something on social media, it's telling you that you're doing something wrong because you chose one side or the other. Yeah. So this is the, I guess the Switzerland that that everybody's looking for okay yeah yeah all right so i'm a big believer in tracking macros and, and joel and ben i mean feel free to jump in we've got three guys on at this time and three guys one of them is a fitness expert who you know has his feet into the um the pool of nutrition i've got uh, a ben who's um a, a nutritional consultant so i mean we've, we've got a lot of depth here guys so Please jump in, ask questions. Don't uh, uh, don't allow me to do all the talking. Um, but really, really, like I'm I'm a big believer in uh, tracking macros. Like thermodynamics is always going to determine weight loss, right? You burn more calories than you take in, and that's weight loss, right? You're running a deficit, but it's always been the balance of your nutrients that determines what weight it is that you're losing. So. I like to explain it in, in kind of like economical terms, um, in terms of economics, where if you're if you've fallen on hard times and you have to dip into an account, which account would you rather dip into? Your checking account, your savings account, or your investments? Which one is going to be more beneficial to you, and which one are you going to suffer less from long term? Right. So your body's always thinking about this when you have to reduce your calories in times of deficit, right? your body's always thinking about, okay, where should I take these from? And if it makes a bad decision because of a need, then what happens is your body suffers consequences because of it. So simply and arbitrarily just cutting your calories like they've done for multiple decades has led to people losing weight, yes, but at a cost that they can't recover from. So imagine you know, having a layoff period and you start dipping into your, your, your uh, investments. So you spend some money on in your investments, but it's going to take you forever to recoup those losses because of the fact that the money that you're losing because you're pulling them out of your investments instead of making a better decision and just going into your checkings account, you know, an account that's meant to be spent anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So when you just cut your calories and you're not paying attention to your nutrient balance, what happens is you end up dipping into maybe a resource that is not necessarily the one that you should be dipping into because of certain hormones and certain things that happen within the body, all of a sudden now you're devouring your muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So on the scale you're moving, so you're deeming yourself, you're, you're identifying that as success. 
but you're not realizing that you're losing your metabolism. You're using, you're losing your immune system, your age, right? Your, 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 your functionality, your health essentially. Um, and this is where something like this can be so easy to comprehend and so easy to apply. All right. So my macros for me, all right, at 2,226 calories to manage my day. So I eat approximately 200 grams of carbohydrates, um, you know, 200 grams of protein and about 50 grams of fat. All right. That's just a, a rough macro and that gives me approximately those calories. So with nutrient timing, like we discussed last week during the daytime, I, I eat until I hit my 200 grams of carbohydrates. And then I take that hat off. Okay. Done, done that job. Now I put on the carnivore hat and I start loading my protein. I start eating protein until I reach my 200 grams of protein. The, the typical day for me is, you know, when I take in my carbs, I do accumulate small amounts of protein. So 200 grams of protein towards the end part of the day sounds like a lot, but really by the time I've taken in all my carbohydrates from earlier in the day, I've already accumulated over 50 grams of, car of, of protein through the carbohydrates, but it's a secondary source. Like it's kind of showing up, you know, it's, it's innocuous, right? It just right. comes attached to the carbohydrate. Well, after we so, talked about that last week, I tried like really hard to be able to get like carbs for the majority of the day. So for breakfast, I would try an oatmeal and right. then I'm a pasta lover. So I was leaning on pasta for yeah. my, my carbs and I found that cheap carbs can be expensive in the long run. Right. So, yeah. so like, yeah. like pasta is really great and I love pasta, but I find that I like to go with rice instead just because pasta makes me feel like absolute shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I feel terrible. Even right now, like I'm absolutely bloated. I feel like garbage because I've been yeah. focusing on cheap carbs. So like you can buy pasta for next to nothing. And that's been my majority of my carbohydrates as opposed to something like rice or something that's, that's better for carb intake. Right. Yeah. I've yeah. been doing and, a lot. I've been doing a lot of uh, chickpeas, black beans, and mm. lentils, but, uh, and, and it, it was great. I felt I was, I was not hungry during the day. I loved it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. it was gassy. And, I had the exact <laughs> You, you, you will at first guys, because what's happening is, is that your body's acclimating yeah. these, you know, it's, it's fermenting the food is breaking it down. So it has to, it's almost like a, a compost heap. Your body <laughs> will start to develop those enzymes necessary to break that food down. And it's finding that rhythm itself. So you can find yourself gassy in, in the beginning, but typically those, those um, side effects tend to subside over time because of the way that you're all of a sudden, like, your, your gut is intuitive. They've shown through, through studies and, and through multiple you know, uh, scientific analysis in regards to the, the neurons that are active in your gut, because it runs your immune system, it's, it's, it's essentially, it can, um, it can project, um, meaning it's, it's, an, it's anticipatory. It can anticipate things. So it's very quick to get into uh, what I like to call circadian rhythm right? So feeding like this over a week or two, you'll find that eventually those, those issues start to subside. But also too is people like all, not all carbs are the same, right? So some yeah. people respond better to refined carbohydrates and carbs that contain gluten and carbs that don't. So it gives you the, the um, it gives you a better perspective in regards to just dealing with 
the, the, the carbs, it, it will allow you to have a better relationship. You know, I tolerate pastas better than I do rice. I find that quinoa makes me a little bit more gassy. So couscous. So it allows you to find your own yeah. little carbohydrate yeah. identity yeah. that way, because you're not putting in all kinds of other shit on top of it. And then, you know, it's like, again, mix, mixing your laundry, you don't know what's working because there's so much involved. There's no way to effectively commit to any type of scientific experiment, right? you know, right? So this is kind of that same idea. So well, and it's, there's, without diving into too much of the microbiology of it, there's also been studies showing the, the differences in the way that your mi gut microbiome is affected by what you eat. So yeah. if you've gone through a course of antibiotics or something, your gut microbiome is going to be absolutely destroyed. But then right. also moving forward, like if you are eating things like sugar isn't necessarily bad for you. So right. types of sugar are necessarily bad, especially natural sugars. But refined sugar, bleached sugar, if you're bringing it down to just that single molecule and you're only using that, you're not getting everything that's coming with it. So if you're trying to eat, if you eat an apple, it's going to have better sugars for you and better things that are going to accompany it rather yeah. than, okay, I'm just going to have the equivalent thereof in calories from refined sugar or something like that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's causing, you know, almost um, atrophy on a, on a, uh, a macro uh, biotic level where yeah a lot of these microbes and things like that don't get a chance to work because the work's effectively done for you. Like a lot of these sugars that we take in, they're actually, they're, they're digested sublingularly because the minute you put uh, carbohydrate in your mouth, even something sweet tasting, you develop or you release what's called salivatory amylase, which is um, amylase is what breaks down carbohydrates in the system, right? And it's in your mouth. And when you taste something sweet, your, your, your uh, glands in your mouth start to produce it. But I think what, what I've seen over the years, uh, Ben, is that um, you're like the same way, like through Atkins, we talked about Atkins and, and even in ketosis, but I'll, I'll identify with, with Atkins because I find ketosis is healthy when done the right way. But Atkins was kind of a dirty way of doing it. Um, what happened was, is they, people were in ketosis for too long and the body forgets because you have glands like your liver releases, you know, amylase, protease, lipase, things like this to break down proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. So just like anything else in the human body, if it's not used, it'll atrophy. So a lot of like people who eat a highly refined carbohydrate intake, things like that, they, they, certain uh, uh, digestive juices tend to decrease over time because the body just simply doesn't need it. And the body's all about efficiency. So when you introduce all of a sudden now just pure carbohydrates at a particular point of the day, and that's all you're getting, it's almost like Ben is used to working night shifts and now he's got to work day shifts. It's the same hours. Just okay. now it's at the earlier part of the day. So Ben drags ass getting out of bed for a little while because he hasn't gotten used to it. Right. And right. then eventually he catches up to it. And that's, that, that, that's the issue with a lot of it. Like, People, for some reason, think that the minute that they're supposed to, the minute they start eating, quote unquote, healthy, that their body's right on board with it. But every single one of us here has at one time chosen healthier foods to eat or uh, started a workout program. And it sucks ass when you first start it. It hurts. Yeah. It sucks. You're like, why the hell am I doing this? But then all of a sudden, there's that magic moment where everything starts to connect. And, you know, you, you feel fantastic. It's, it's harmonious. So I guess a good tip for anyone trying to get into this would be to, like for me, I've done a salad this week where I had all kinds of beans and stuff. Maybe I should have started like just the chickpeas or just the black beans maybe or 
exactly too much maybe for my body at once like yeah I, i'm glad you're saying that this will pass because i mean i, I was literally sure, <laughs> i was <laughs> i wasn't sure i was going to be able to keep up with this no to be honest like it's 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 uncomfortable right like it's not yeah. fun yeah because the, the in in our culture the majority of the digestion is done at night and again it's like you know, I, I work really well early in the morning. I start to drag ass at night and uh, everybody's got their own different circadian rhythm. But when you think about, you know, how the food is placed in, like carbohydrates are there to fuel your muscles. And when you're moving, you know, during the day. So again, it makes more sense to fuel your vehicle before you go for the drive than to go for the drive and worry the whole time with white knuckles on the steering wheel as to whether or not you're going to have enough fuel or battery power to make it through. And that could lead to a lot of anxiety. Like we, we talk about the systemic inflammation in the body being anxious. When you're not able to hold enough nutrition in your body, the, the body's anxious during the day. And when your body's anxious, your mind gets anxious. And I find there's a much calmer feeling about me when I'm eating like this. It, it just, it seems to fit everything perfectly. My body's not inflamed. Yeah, it takes some getting used to, no different than sore muscles. Like Joel and I were just talking before we started, uh, you know, to go on this regarding me going back to the gym. And the first question Joel asked, are you sore? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm fucking sore. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can barely wash my hair. But it feels good because I've been through this before and I know that the soreness is just, it's, it's a feeling, it's like getting a limb sewn back on. <laughs> it's a good sore because you know that you're going to, that there's something, um, something good coming from it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess really like when it comes to like the macros and things like that, guys, we tend to give people ideas. So, you know, again, 20, uh, 2,226 calories is what the formula tells me I need in order to sustain my weight. So how I allocate that again is through macros, but again, those macros are phenomenal. And I'm really glad that we're starting to look at it. It's changed the landscape of nutrition now, because now we're looking at the quality of the calories, not just the calories. But again, the quality of the information is only as good as the person receiving it. If there's no comprehension with information, information is useless right? You need to be able to comprehend. You need to be able to understand the information. Well, it can and this go is in one ear and out the other too. Like I find personally, I am a chronic person who eats out. Like I don't look it because I got a fast metabolism yeah. and I need a yeah. lot of calories. Like I need uh, to intake a lot so I can get away with it. But I treat, like I wake up way too late, quickly eat something or grab something on the way to work. And then at noon hour, I don't have time to go home and get lunch or I didn't make time to make lunch and meal prep. So I find mm -hmm. myself like A&W is less than 50 meters away. So I'm walking to A&W right. and then that is why, I don't know, I, I find a lot of the time, what would you say for somebody like that? For somebody who's just not taking the time, who's doing the sort of bullshit that they shouldn't be doing yeah. and then feeling exhausted because of it. How do you get out of that, that slump? Cause I've been in that slump recently. Yeah. And how do you, how do you just overcome that? Because I've been that exhausted that the, that I'm waking up a half hour before work quickly throwing on clothes and then running out the door. It's, it's, it's kind of this um, vicious cycle where you, you lack energy so that you don't have the energy to prep, but by not prepping, you're not getting the energy. So believe it or not, honestly, and not to sound corny or anything, 
it's insight. It's, it's having a group of individuals that are constantly reminding you to take care of yourself to, you know, that are, that you're a part of where you feel, you know, you can click on, you can read the success that these people are having and you can relate to these people. Well, you know, they're just like me. They're raising kids. They have a job. They've got bills to pay. They've got debt. They have this, that it, it really creates this almost like a mentorship where you create a relationship with people and then you start to believe that if they can do it, I can do it. Right now, the success rate for weight loss, Ben, you and I know this, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a 97% failure rate because it seems to be so intense and overwhelming. And, and um, you know, getting up and like even thinking in terms of like the, the nutrient timing, when you know you're just running carbohydrates for the day, you're plant-based for the day, you get up in the morning and it's not about having this delicious meal prepared. You're grazing, you know, you're, you're, you're fueling the machine. So throw some fruit in a bag, throw some granola bars in the bag, you know, um, throw some crackers, some, some, uh, you know, vegetables like carrots and things like this. Yeah. So you're thinking food as opposed to meals. We think mm -hmm. meals, but really that's it. Like you're, you're thinking a meal and, what happens is you end up grazing. So you're always being proactive. I was saying in the office that if you can eat before you're hungry, then you'll never be overly hungry. Therefore, you'll never overeat. So again, like if you're constantly grazing throughout the day, your stomach is, is always doing something. It's never bitching and complaining because it's hungry. Um, you've got the slow, gradual introduction of glucose into the bloodstream. It's, it's really, it's a cool, very serene feeling. And you're not getting these big bulky things. Like imagine at lunchtime, Ben, going and having to digest, uh, you know, a Papa burger and whatever else you get with it, and then go back to work and then commit to all of the functioning neurologically and biochemically yeah. that you have to do. Your body is, it's, it's just like me coming in midday and dumping a shit ton of, of paperwork on your desk and saying, all right, Ben, I need you to do this in an yeah. hour. And your stress level goes up because you know you need to, right? So food for a lot of us is been, has been stressful, not just psychologically, but physiologically as well, because we're eating these massive meals. Yep. And then we're asking our bodies to go out and do something. And, you know, it goes way back to the day where you wouldn't eat and go swimming because you'd cramp up and drown. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like that. I, I really like this week trying it out. Uh, I always believe that it should be easy. Because if you're overcomplicating things, you're yeah. setting stuff up for failure, right? And that's yeah. why I got into intermittent fasting to begin with. Because I thought, okay, there's a smaller window for me to eat. So right. I can, and it's also harder to overeat because you only have that small that window, window to, yeah. to eat, right? Yeah. But I thought this was great. Like you said, no meal prepping. Uh, you always have bananas and apples and fruits laying around and just grab exactly. one. Like in your case, Ben, like it's lunchtime. You just grab a, an apple or a couple of fruits, right? It's, it's easy, right? Uh, and, it, and it throws lunchtime out the window, that concept of, you know, eating lunchtime. at 8 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. Like, yeah. marching to the industrial drum as opposed to the circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Like, it was, it was originated in the war. And, you know, this is the industrial, you know, it, it, was, it was designed to allow a massive amount of people to work in a small little space, you know, so that you knew they moved in herds. Right. Right. But we are, we're gatherers and we're hunters. So, you know, imagine sitting for lunch way back a thousand years ago with a group of hunters that you were out with and you've been tracking prey for days and you sit every day for an hour. Well that, you know, whatever it is you're tracking is like 
making further distance away from you, you starve to death, you die. It's freaking ridiculous. Imagine working on a farm and you're out 300 acres and then you got to come back for lunch and then go back out and work again. Like it's just, it's so inefficient. So what I typically tell people this these days, because people are like, Oh, Neil, you know, I work through lunch. I don't have a lunch. I'm like fucking awesome. You have no idea how our culture right now and what we're complaining about is actually it's, it's a benefit. Like where other people see problems, I see possibilities. This is a way for us to actually go back to the way that we're meant to be eating. It's just, we're trying to cram a protein rich sit down meal in the middle of a, in, in the middle of a very active day. And it's like a square peg in a round hole and it causes conflict. So now you have people not eating. Well, I just don't have time. So I'm not going to eat. And then they're coming home at the end of the day and they're trying to make up for a day's worth of calories in a short period of time. And this is where the whole intermittent fasting fiasco is starting to really piss me off because it's just giving people carte blanche to binge. I'll save my cat. That's Weight Watchers, dude. You know, I won't eat all day because I need to save my points for the cheesecake and ring dings and yoo-hoo at night. I'm like, but but how does that mean? For some people, they don't expend calories during the day. If you're sitting at a desk all day, you don't need those calories. So then, 25% of your body's daily glucose is utilized by your brain. It is a fucking massive beast when it comes to uh, glycogen usage, glucose but that's, usage. That's still different from me working out on a farm all day. If I need to use my muscles all day, then I'm using a lot more energy. But you're using your mind less, right? People underestimate their Not glucose necessar- use. Are you are you? Yes. Why- are you implying no. that farmers use their brain less? Okay, imagine. Okay, but listen, right? Are you saying farmers are dumb? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let, let, let me clarify. Is typically, like I, I know Ben, Ben's sitting in front of probably three monitors. He's got a headset in his ear, there's alarms going off. Like, imagine going out on the farm if any of you have done it and i know ben you can relate to this so don't give me the shit is you can go out there and your 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 mind is fixed on a single task you know what i mean it's not multitasking there's not multi-stimulation coming everywhere you're not being inundated with covid19 rioting like all this other shit that we have to process on an unconscious level your brain's doing this shit So this is, this is where I get my panties in a bunch in regards to, you know, people underestimating the the value of carbohydrates because we're sedentary guys. Like this is where uh, a few days ago I posted about how there's a difference between fuel and energy. It's literally called fuel versus energy. Dude, we are focusing on fuel when we should be focusing on energy. All right. And the energy is the living foods, but it's still a carbohydrate base to it because carbohydrates hydrate the cell intracellular hydration for every one molecule of carbohydrate there's three molecules of water water soluble vitamins and minerals entering the cell and then the water flushing out of the cell carrying the shit with it right Mm -hmm. so yes we're not as muscularly active so we need less fuel meaning starch-based carbohydrates grains tubers things like that starches that convert 80 percent of it is converted by the muscle 20 percent by the liver when you get into more fruits and vegetables, you know, uh, carrots and things like this that have a starch component to it, but are also very um, fruit based as well, like tomatoes and things like this, they tend to carry these vitamins and minerals into the cell, clean the cell out, and they tend to focus on more of your neurological system and, you know, your wiring and firing your brain. So 
um, here's, here's, here's an analogy for an analogy is I, I, I sold cars. All right. And you can laugh at me if you want, but I did. I, I tried to sell cars. I didn't sell cars. I tried to sell them anyway. So you wore the shirt. <laughs> yeah. in the tie, the, uh, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln cars. When you, when you have a Lincoln car from a hundred years ago, you have a very different battery in the Lincoln car. Right. And what we were finding is during the winter time, the Lincolns were always dying, always out there, you know, um, having to, to start, you know, um, jumpstart these, these Lincolns because the battery wasn't, uh, it was an older battery, same battery that they put in a regular Ford, but the Lincolns had all of the bells and whistles. They had a lot more electrical components to them. So the batteries were draining. So they needed to put a bigger battery in the Lincoln to, to accommodate the electronics, all the, the creature comforts. So our lives have changed guys, right? We're, we're Lincolns now. We've got more electrical stimulation. We've got more on the go here. We're thinking, we're aware of more than we've ever been in the history of humans. And how, how are we adapting to that? We're eating more carbohydrates. Yes, we're eating more protein. So we're building a bigger tractor or we're building a bigger car, but we're not necessarily looking at the power source. Okay. Right. And, and that's a big issue. The majority of the stuff guys, when you really stop and think about it and what we're dealing with, it's neurological, it's cellular. It's not, we're not dying of, you know, lack of weight. We're dying yeah. because we're overweight. We're eating a shit ton of fuel, but not enough electricity. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah actually I can, I can relate to that. I've often felt at the end of a work day, not a physical work day, but like a day where I had to multitask and, a lot of stresses and a lot of stuff going on and I would feel completely drained just yes. like I would and then actually in those moments if I was to do some manual work it would probably feel good it would spark you up exactly because then you're yeah. dialing yeah yeah that's yeah. where yeah. the workouts and stuff come in you always feel better after a workout yeah. because it, it you've you've got it's just the physical task you're taking yeah. the head and yeah. the liver out of it and you're just exercising and burning off some of that fuel yeah, yeah. No, I can totally relate. Multiple I find there's ways. a discontinuity there. Like I've spent years where I've worked on a farm or I've done a lot of physical labor versus working in an office or working in a lab. Yeah. And I hate the day, and maybe it's just me, but I hate the days when I come home and I'm mentally exhausted. Yeah. But I, but I could run a fucking marathon. Like my right, body right. is like, let's go. Yeah. But, but your head's, yeah. But my head's yeah. like, yeah. I need to sleep or I just need to like, uh, I need a veg. Yeah. Unplug, unplug. So what do yeah. I, what do I do when that, when that happens? How do you motivate your body to do anything to be able to use that, that like, it, I find it's anxiety inducing. Like it's, it's pent up. Energy. Right. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's anxiety inducing because you, you don't want to connect to anybody. You know, you're, you're drained psychologically, but your body is, is, is ready to go. Like you've been sitting on it all day. That's where exercise comes into play. But also too, I, I'm a firm believer in like introducing more fruit as a, as a source of carbohydrates. I mean, the, 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 the practicality of it is unbelievable. And I'm just going to touch on just a couple of things, but again, this is like, we can go so deep into this. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, okay. Lectins. All right. People talk about lectins now. It's the protective enzymes that plants have to prevent from being eaten. Right. Now we're starting to see that plants protect themselves. So when you eat a plant, you kill the plant. Right. But when you pull a fruit from a tree or, or, or from anything, it's, it, it's supposed to do that. Like 
there's things in that fruit that have made them hyper palatable. Like they smell, they draw you to them because it's called symbiotic evolution. The tree or the plant or whatever wants you to eat the berry, wants you to eat the, the apple. Because in nature, like a deer eats an apple, it defecates the seeds. And now there's an apple tree growing there, right? Mm. So it wants you to eat this stuff. So there's no protective mechanisms. There's vitamins and minerals. It's alive. You don't need to cook it. It has uh, pre and probiotics. And what I mean by that is, is, is that it's filled with pectin. Pectin is a fruit fiber and the, your microbiome loves it. So when you eat the, the apple or the fruit, this pectin actually turns into a short chain fatty acid in your gut and actually nourishes your own bacteria, not foreign bacteria, not taking in foreign bacteria, like from a cow or another mammal or anything else. It's like Christopher Columbus colonizing the States. It's like, sounds like a good idea. We're getting people out there, but the people aren't the indigenous people and they don't always play nicely with the indigenous people. So here we have the ability to actually feed our indigenous microbiome. And that's where a lot of the gassiness and things like that tend to come from. It's the fermentation of this food. It's actually you developing and recolonizing your gut. And it's just one of these things that it's a healthy side effect. So, you know, you're going to be flatulent for a little bit, but I find eating more fruit helps to calm that down because of the nature and the enzymes in the fruit helps to expedite that process. Now I found I have a question for you, Joel, because yes. I was, I was editing some video with you today and I was like, shit, he's ripped. He's fucking, you look fantastic, quite honestly. Oh, oh thank you. And thank so, you. My, why, thank what, you. Like, I was <laughs> so humble. I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> I, was, I, was going, uh, I was going to the gym, like, faithfully right up until COVID, and then everything shut down. And, like, now I'm, I'm a scrawny guy. And I was doing, <laughs> like, I was doing really well. So what would you say, other than, like, I've been trying to follow the daily workout, other than following the workouts, what's something you use to get you back into the groove, like back into a state of mind even to be able to do something like that? Well, just start doing, to be honest, that's the only, that's the only thing. Uh, for me, I, I never really stop because if I'm somewhere, if there's no gym, I'll fit like, uh, that's it's how much I, life. that's, yeah, that's how much I love it. But I, I understand not everyone's like this, but for me, like if I'm in an hotel or something like that, I'll look for a gym or if I'm like, say I go sleep at Greg's place, I know he's got a treadmill. I'm probably going to hit that treadmill at six o'clock the next day. Right. But to get back into it and it depends on your goal. I mean, if you want to get Jack, go back to the gym, like it's going to be hard to grow muscle from doing push-ups at your place. Right. Yeah. It'll get you in shape, but you won't get that muscle growth. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the best trick is just to do it. You start yeah. doing it yeah. and then the motivation will come afterwards. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's, yeah, I mean, I've been working out since I was 13 years of age. And it's one of these things now where it's just, it, you miss it when it doesn't happen. But I mean, we, we all go through these downtimes and you, you do have to listen to your body. And a yeah, lot of people, absolutely. you know, over this COVID thing, they've taken some rest times. And I think it's given them a new perspective in regards to how much they enjoy activity and yeah. what it means to them. But at the end of the day, buddy, it's the hardest part of any workout is getting from your couch to the gym. Once you're in the gym, there's nothing else to do. Or once you've, you know, once you're there doing it. Um, yeah. So like, you know, like food, it's accessibility. You want to, um, you want to keep the gym accessible. Um, you want to commit to it, you know, buy, don't buy monthly memberships, buy yearly memberships, yeah. you know, take the plunge. Um, and uh, it's a lot of it though, Ben, honestly, is it's eating right 
so that you've got the extra energy, like again, having more energy than the day can take from you so that, that you know, when you're done work or when you get up in the morning, yeah. you want to go because you've got it in your pocket. You, you know what I mean? That's um, the most, yeah. the most valuable thing for me has been, which I'm still learning on is learning to say no, mm. which is not no to food necessarily, yeah, no, yeah. but no to extra work. Cause I love, like I am probably a workaholic chronically. Uh, no doubt. Yes, <laughs> I, I work. Well, thank you. That's, um, <laughs> but, but it's, but it's something that I work a lot and I just say yes to every opportunity just because I know that I can get further. I can go faster whatever. And I find yeah. that that is something that stops me from moving forward properly. So if I want to, yeah. Hey, I was going to the gym. I had to prioritize the gym. If I was yeah. Yeah. healthy, I had to prioritize eating healthy. Whereas if I'm prioritizing work it's like, okay, I'm going to make money. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car or I'm going to buy it. Quite frankly, it's a motorcycle right now. Um, but it's oh, like, the, the, yeah, it's the next steps forward. So how am I going to get from a to B and quite honestly, my health has not health, but I've just sort of, okay, that's on the back burner. That's sort of, I, it sets here. It's, it's uh, in my mind, but it's not a priority. It's, it's, it's all cyclical. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it is. And you can, you, you don't have any more than 24 hours in a day and you can't ac accomplish any more than a hundred percent. So really it's just reallocating those energies and understanding at the end of the day, what helps me is understanding that it's going to be you riding the bike. It's going to be you putting in those insane hours yeah. and loving what you do, but not giving yourself the ability to do it yeah. is what people are getting slammed in the face with. Right. It's like, it's like writing checks. You can't cash. So, I mean, you know, Joel and I are pretty big guys. We can go out and I could punch anybody in the face. Like, honestly, I'd go out and just, I'd, you know, knock them on their ass just because I can doesn't mean I should. Right. Yeah. And this is just it. Like just because you can work insane hours doesn't mean you should, because there's a beautiful saying that I posted before. We have the freedom of choice, but we don't have the freedom of consequence. Yeah. All right. We, we can make the choice. I can go out and punch someone in the face, but I need to be willing to suffer the consequences because once I do that, the consequences are out of my control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So motorcycle, Ben, you're riding it. And if you're not healthy, then I've driven and, and had oh, several yeah. motorcycles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't have the energy, then the thing sits in the garage and collects dust. The hours you work, yeah, you, you sprint, you'll work a shit ton of hours, but then all of a sudden you'll end up burning out. But also too, is you'll notice that your life becomes out of balance. And then the things, the motorcycle sitting in the garage because you're spending too many hours at work, like it's, we're constantly in this state of flux. So it's really just being, and this is where Joe would really jump in. It's really about being mindful, right? But again, this is, this is where I can't stress the importance of the insight group. It keeps you mindful of your life, all different yeah. facets. You get so many different personalities in there. People that love riding motorcycles and love working long hours, like CEOs of businesses and things like that, where their business is their passion. So you're getting it from all different sides. So it keeps you aware of what you could be doing instead of getting trapped in this dogmatic behavior, this routine of, you know, um, identifying yourself with your work. Like, we're, we're, we're multifaceted. We're, we're not, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not just one unit. We're, we're personality, we're spirit, mind, and body. And all of these things, like the gym is an incredible thing for your body because your body houses the head. You know, you guys have heard me say this before, but 
it gives you strength and strength gives you confidence and confidence allows you to do shit that you might not think you're capable of doing, which gives you more experience, which broadens your perspective, which makes you see bigger things. And on a spiritual level, you're not seeing things at face value. You're looking through things. And that's guys, that's what insight is all about is being able to look to the other side through. Right. Yeah. And and, and just, I just want to add one more thing to what Ben asked me earlier. It's also baby steps, right? So, I think it's Matt Nicholson mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He thought that going to the gym was a hassle just to get dressed, drive there. Yeah. Sometimes these will be, you know, things that will prevent you from even starting. Right. So that's why I think the workout, the eight week challenge is great because you can do it from your living room or your kitchen. Yeah. Right. So it's kitchen baby gone. steps. Yeah. If you have a hard time getting yourself, you drag your ass to the gym, maybe a great start is just a little something at home. Right. It doesn't have to be the gym, which the gym, right. is, the gym is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be the gym. It could be anything else. So well, yeah, if you it have doesn't a hard have to time, be your first step. It no, if you have a hard time step. starting, you just start home. You start doing small stuff, and then you'll get motivated. And then you maybe then you'll want to go to the gym and take the next step, right? And I love going to the gym. Like going to the gym is one of my favorite things. But I find right now, now that everything's starting to open up, it's the figuring out what the frig I got to do to book an appointment (laughs) and I'm like okay I have an hour when am I free and like that's not in my schedule so I need to now so instead of that yeah you're right it's just focusing on that eight week challenge stuff going through like I have all of your videos so I'm going through all of those videos like okay here I'm gonna I'm doing this one now (laughs) this is you're editing the videos yeah I'm I'm editing and I'm making my own workouts like I'm just throwing (laughs) shit together so yeah it's been a huge help to be a part of and to be honest, there's days where you're looking through and you're scrolling through people's successes and you're like, fuck this guy. Like, yeah. oh, God, yeah. I can't yeah. but then there's other times and I'm like, you know what? Good for you. You're posting a picture that I'm jealous of your meal and that's going to push me forward. And that's right. all, that's what the community is about is seeing, yeah, yeah you're going to be pissed off sometimes. And you're just going to be like, ah, oh, fucking Neil. I'm so yeah. t- Joel, you just shut up. But there'll be other times, <laughs> there'll be other times where it's like, damn it, you, you really got me at a weak spot and I'm glad you did because you caught me and thank yeah. you. And it, 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 it happens to us too. It happens to me. Like I can't wait to get back to the gym and start, you know, posting that I'm there and showing people that, you know, with as busy as I am and with the kids and with two businesses and stuff like this. And, you know, it's, I love it. It's, it's yeah. therapy for me, but it's like a dog, a healthy dog has to go for a walk, but the dog's got to be healthy. If anybody's tried to, un- to walk an unhealthy dog, the dog doesn't want to go. So I find like one of the biggest lecture points that I have when I do a lot of talks is, you know, we've got the cart before the horse here. If we had more healthy people, what you'd start to see too, Ben, is that you don't need the convoluted workouts and all of the equipment in order to create muscle. You just need to stimulate it. And if you know what you're doing and you're feeding your body properly, it'll evolve. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned over the years, like through competitive bodybuilding and, you know, cross training and doing, you know, 30 hour uh, uh, adventure races and all of these things is really the simplest, you know, the, the fastest way between two points is a straight line. Right. And really what the industry has done for a lot of us is made it so convoluted that we need them. They've created a dependency yeah. and what insight is about is it's creating independence. It's, it's empowerment, not enablement. Um, so this is kind of, you know, a lot of the reason why people don't, or they're so easy to fall quick to fall off the wagon. So hard to get back on 
is because they see the wagon so incredibly high. Yeah. You know, it's, it's out of reach. And the same with nutrition. And the whole point of this nut- nutritional timing is to make it, it's to simplify it, right? And not vilify anything and understand that you don't have to stand on one foot on a BOSU ball with a finger up your nose, reciting the alphabet backwards to grow your left glute muscle, right? <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't need to be that. Well, it's not even anecdotal either, because I got a message from a client this week that said, God, eating healthy is expensive. And I was like, what did you buy? What did you buy that made it so expensive? She was like, okay, well, I bought organic this and I bought all natural. And I was like, those it are buzzwords. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Right? No, yeah. just... We, we got to start. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. need yeah. all of these gimmicks and the low fat and the low, it's just more expensive because they have to print the extra color for that sticker. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just buy real food. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Right. Post. What, what was it? Abs uh, food like product. Oh, no, no, yeah. yeah. Food like product. What was it again? It said yeah, uh, the grocery store doesn't have food. It's got food like products. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah, yeah, buy real food. And then the other one I like too was abs are made in the kitchen. Shows the apple with the abs. Yeah, boy, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Right? You can do a thousand, a thousand sit-ups until your head's about to pop off. But if you're, if you still have that, that you know, that layer of subcutaneous fat, it's uh, you're just pushing your belly out. You know what I mean? And it gets really, yeah. really frustrating because you have all of these like ab ab workouts are the most crazy. Like you've got you know electric shocks you've got things that you yeah. bang into your abs you've got like <laughs> like every every five oh, yeah. minutes there's a new ab torture out there but really your abs are there to protect your you, everything behind them and to keep you erect so if you just weren't as if you just didn't have the high body fat percentage you you'd really see a six-pack yeah it's yeah, there or else you wouldn't yeah. be able to stand erect you yeah. can condition those muscles and make them more functional and make them stronger and maybe isolate like obliques and everybody likes those meat hooks and stuff like that. There's certain little movements you can do to isolate certain parts of your abdomen and overdevelop them. But honestly, guys, if you're walking around with a, like, I should post a picture of me at 156 pounds when I was running. It's ridiculous. Like I, that was my walking around abdomen. Like it was crazy how, 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 how lean it was. Right. Um, but I missed the, the ability to go to the gym and lift heavy weights and I didn't right. have the, the power right. behind it because my, my body mass had changed. But anyway, but that was, again, like that's it's how you feed your body can determine how your body changes because it's literally the, it's the um, uh, building blocks that you give your body. So if, if how you stimulate your body matches with how you feed your body, then your body can take those things and use them to create something to adapt to what it is that you're doing. It's what the body's designed to do since the dawn of humanity, since we crawled out of the primordial ooze. I've got a question uh, concerning ketosis. I've, I've never really done a, diet, a ketosis diet, but uh, so tell me if I'm wrong. So basically what happens after a while, your body converts uh, fat into ketones to feed yeah. your, your brain and all this stuff? Yeah, feed your brain and your, so, your parasympathetic and... So if, if you're trying it, cause I know a lot of people say that they're in ketosis, but they're aren't. So if you're yeah. not completely in ketosis, are you still producing ketones? And if you're not, so it, it means that your, your brain's actually starving for glucose, for some, for glucose yeah. and you're not quite there. So you're kind of in the middle, not really feeding your brain anything. Am I correct? 
your your brain doesn't go hungry. So if if you're not dead, it's feeding off something, and chances are it's feeding off your muscle and organ tissue, right? Because it's the second best source of glucose. So a lot of a, a lot of these people out there that aren't doing ketosis properly or aren't doing it with a you know planned meal plan or under supervision or, or tracking their macros, um, they're really doing it a shitload of harm to themselves. I love ketosis. I, it's a very 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 therapeutic way of eating. Um, is it a lifestyle? I don't believe so. Um, and you know, I, I you know, uh, a lot of the science supports that, but I've seen the effects of it in terms of you know, um, uh, decreasing inflammation and, and healing. But again, like going back to the timing of your nutrition, guys. If Joel, you're on a treadmill, your heart rate's low, you're burning body fat. Your heart rate's high, you're not right. There's glycolytic movement and then there's, you know, aerobic anaerobic type thing. Okay. So you eat all your carbs during the day and you hit your carb portion. So say I hit my 200 grams today at Sunday, I hit it about like just before lunch because I had a, a nice big cinnamon bun from the market market just opened after three months. And there's this oh. place out of Gagetown that makes like a, a beautiful um, oatmeal cinnamon bun. So anyway, I hit my 200 grams of carbs and now I'm into protein. And as I'm burning through my carbohydrates, I'm getting re ready to slip into a mild form of ketosis while I sleep. Because guys, fat is meant to be burnt without muscle involvement. I don't care what anybody says, but when you are a bear, a grizzly bear, or any, any mammal that friggin' hibernates, you're not running marathons and working out at the gym every single day, all right? And this is where I really, again, get my panties in a bunch is these, these mucklucks out there thinking that they can go into ketosis and perform glycolytic, glycolytic activities and promote muscle growth from eating keto, from, from the body feeding off of ketones. The reason why the ketones are so beneficial to your brain, to your uh, um, autonomic system, which is a system that runs without you having to think about it, it's run essentially by your brain. The reason why is because when we're asleep, when we're not muscularly active, all of these things become that much more involved, right? The, the, those things actually light up. They've done functional MRIs when people are sleeping. Their brain lights up like a Christmas tree when they're asleep because now they're, they become more electrical and less uh, uh, machine-like. We're not looking at our propulsion system. So nighttime provides the perfect opportunity. Our neuromuscular system is down. We're not moving around. We're not expending glucose. So the body can dip into its fat reserves and actually feed the process of cellular regeneration by, by actually burning fat, right? So your body's protein that you've consumed in the evening is there waiting to repair the tissue. It's not being burnt for glucose because you're not moving. The brain now can switch over and actually use ketones or remaining glucose and then your body can repair itself using fat energy, fat fuel to, to fuel that whole process. It's, it's like driving your car all day, filling it up in the morning, driving it all day, and then bringing it into the garage empty. And then the gremlins go to work. But if there's fuel in that gas tank, and we've seen it with type 2 diabetes, going to bed with elevated blood glucose is very dangerous because an insulin's got to come in and the muscles aren't moving. So the muscles aren't even accepting a glucose at night. And insulin's got to jam it into your fat cells because the muscles are sleeping. Be like someone coming to your door in the middle of the night. Screw you, I'm sleeping. I'm not opening the door, right? Go away. And this yeah. is what's happening. This is why we're seeing such a difference in regards to 
eating a high carbohydrate meal before you go before you go to bed, and the the immense surge of blood glucose or of uh, insulin that's needed versus that very same meal taken earlier in the day, you see a fraction of the amount of insulin needed to 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 accommodate that same glucose load. All right, so yeah. that's. So our bodies are designed for ketosis. It's called fat adaptation, all right? Because we've been eating so many carbohydrates and they're so inappropriately timed, our body has literally forgotten how to burn fat. It's literally, it's been decades. Unless you've dieted and it's only been three weeks or a couple months because you can't stay on the goddamn diet, that's the only time our bodies have ever felt the need to burn body fat. And it's always been under duress. It's never been an organic, peaceful, natural thing. It's always been Jillian Michaels kicking your ass and starving you with, you know, snack well cookies and, and dust in a chiclet. Right. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's always been this state of extreme deprivation. So yeah. this is a much more circadic, you know, um, more rhythmic, natural, organic state for the human body. Yep. Yeah, I right. like it. Easy, easy to sustain. You're never too hungry during the day. It's great. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. And it allows you to dip into and your body gets familiarized again with oxidizing body fat as a source of fuel. So it doesn't become this dirty little secret in the back shed that stays there and stays there. And then you pile crap on top of it. So you mm -hmm. never have to deal with it again. This is insulin is a fat storing hormone guys. So the lesser amount of insulin we need it, but again, use and abuse, right? All things in moderation. So if we can optimize the use of insulin and not use truckloads of it, then the potentiality for fat storage goes down, inflammation, all of these things. And can you fix insulin, uh, insulin resistance? People that are resistant? For the most part, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Ben and I have seen it in, even through Simply for Life and just decreasing carbohydrate intakes during the day. Like that's not even with the, uh, with the, the whole protein, you know, uh, carnivore, uh, herbivore thing. Um, we've seen what it's like to reduce people's intake of carbohydrates before going to bed. And that's, that's thousands of people. Like that, that, that's not anecdotal. That's like us working, like myself, over 20 years, working with tens of thousands of people and seeing the results in terms of weight loss and blood glucose regulation by just not feeding them carbohydrates before they go to bed. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great to, to learn because I've heard before where I've had someone told me before where they said, uh, your body doesn't know. And I know now that's completely false, but they said, uh, he was, that person was eating carb at night and he says, your body doesn't know the time. He says, it doesn't matter if you eat carbs at night or during the day, but now right. I understand that makes no sense. Right. It, it, right. It does know the time, like your biochemistry changes yeah. throughout the day. So your body definitely does know the time. Um, you know, my, my Doberman knows the time at eight o'clock, dude, he is up and he's ready to eat. Cause he eats at yeah. eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night. And we could be anywhere and it's, it's crazy, but he knows it. And the body picks up in these rhythms and the digestive system is intuitive. It's been scientifically proven. So it'll pick up on rhythms. And this is, this is the power of eating like this. And here's, here's another conundrum that Ben and I often see in terms of nutritional consulting is people want carbs at night. And chances are those people that eat carbs at night, it's because they didn't eat enough carbs during the day. Mm -hmm. So imagine telling someone, okay, you get 200 grams of carbs, have fun. 
by the time you're done eating 200 grams of carbs, yeah. a piece of protein is going to look pretty freaking good. <laughs> and you know, you're, you're, you're not going to want this, yeah. you know, it, it diminishes the carbohydrate craving for the evening. So you're not going to bed eating a box of crackers or yeah. getting into some chocolate. So it really does, it gives you that semblance of control, yeah. right? Yeah, so you're, you're not, right. it's, it's not a deprivation diet. It's an actual inclusion diet. We're covering all the bases. Every macro is included. Um, you can work if, you, if you're plant-based. It can work if you're a carnivore. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's non, non-denominational. Mm. Yeah. I got to say, I was pretty excited this week when supper time came around. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you're looking for something savory, something protein rich. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. If, if you let that go, if you condition that over a couple of weeks, you'll find that all of a sudden you're just like my dog Randall and come a certain hour or like once your body, it actually gets used to the gram. So, and it, it does allow for flexibility too, guys. Like, you know, you can eat your 200 grams at breakfast time or you could spread it out throughout the day. Like there's all kinds. So, there's flexibility within structure. It's not rigid. Dieting is rigid. Eat at this mm. time. Eat exactly 26 grams of protein, yeah. 35 grams of carbohydrates, and you know seven grams of fat. And it's like you're really just trying to jam something that's beautiful into this friggin' box and make it fit. And the body gets stressed when it sees that you know it loves to have flexibility. Structure is beautiful. But if, uh, but rigidity is what's killing us. We feel like we have to be rigid to be healthy. It's good. Cool. All right. Yeah. I think we. Uh, that's, a, that's a good spot to end. Yeah. Yep. It's and again, guys, like there's more to this. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. But the more that you listen to it, and you know, you you listen to these podcasts. I had um, one of our insight members, Tammy, posted. She's like, the more podcasts I listen to, the more questions I have. And I'm like, yes, that's the point. Mm. You know, people shouldn't listen to these things for answers. They should listen to them for direction. So I'm sending you, we're sending you on a direction. And what you find along that journey, that's yours, guys. Yeah. All we're here to do is to give you some direction. Whether or not you pick up the $20 that's on the trail or see the pretty birdie in the tree, that's up to you. Right? Yeah. That's up to you. Yeah. But we're here to give you some direction so that you're not walking in fucking circles aimlessly, spinning your wheels, getting depressed, you know, marching and feeling safe because there's, you know, 7.6 billion other people walking in that same friggin' circle, right? We need to start having direction in our lives. We need direction. And this is what insight does. And we see these people that are on this journey with us and you start to see what they're noticing. And then it gives you different perspectives. And then all of a sudden you're noticing things on your own and there, there is safety and, and there is um, comfort in community. But the thing is, is you need a community of free thinking yeah. individuals, right? People that are on the same journey, not, not looking to fall into line, but people that are looking to break the line, cut fences and sort some shit out basically. Yeah. Cool. And that's, cool. that's insight. That's insight every week. It's, it amazes me at the, um, the feedback and the insight of these individuals that are in our community, what they're learning. And us that have been doing this for so long, it's funny when someone says something, Neil, this is what happened this week. I didn't have a great, you know, my meals were a little off, but this is what I noticed. I mean, it hits a rate in the feels. It's like, yeah. wow, after dealing with so many people, this person's getting it. And then you start seeing more of that pop up. I can't, yeah. 
express how proud I am of the individuals that are in our group right now and what they're achieving, the ones that are participating, the ones that are posting, the ones that are reading, the ones that are involved. It's amazing. And the weight loss, the weight loss, like four weeks and 15 and 20 pounds. And it's, it's amazing. And these people are doing it effortlessly. You too can be an Insight member. For less than $40 a month, you can have a personalized meal plan, access to our app, and our private Facebook group, as well as other perks and prizes. For more information, go to insighthf.com.